Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sharp Tongue Podcast coming to you live. Today's episode, we get into the nitty gritty talking about them titties, yo. (laughs) We uh, talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. We get right into it. We talk about how to be a little bit more fulfilled. We talk about how to have more confidence in the bedroom. We talk about how to explore your sexuality and not feel fucking bad about it. This episode gets hot and heavy. Buckle in. Sharp Tongue Podcast starts now. Hootie hoo! Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm sharpening it. What's up? What's up, my people? Man, you're in for a treat today. I recorded two of my most favorite podcasts this week with two people who I have been told about, who I found on my own, and I was so blessed to talk to these interesting and intelligent people who come from very different backgrounds and have so much to offer to the world, and I'm offering them to you. Not both in this one episode, one this week, one next week, but damn, it was a delight. And very enlightening for me, you know? I always like to figure out and discover new things about myself. Like just now, I discovered that I'm a pig. Because I farted about seven times. I left myself in my own fucking fart cloud. I have no respect for myself. That's what I discovered. I was like, man, you know, this just isn't right. Why am I leaving myself in my own fart cloud? I should have a little bit more consideration for myself as a human. (laughs) Um, I'm very excited because this week I'm going to the Montreal Comedy Festival. It's my first time there. I'm going to be recording a TV set for LOL Live. And I'm going to do another show, a warm-up show for that. And hang out, hopefully get some podcasts in. Um, hang out with a bunch of my comedian friends. Dom Irera is going to be there. Hopefully I can podcast with him. That would be amazing. Um, my friend Chris Mazzilli, who owns Gotham, is going to be there. Everyone's there. Uh, it's, it's super exciting, you know, as a comedian to embark on these milestones that sort of make up the bigger picture of your career. So I'm very excited. I want to thank all my fans for sticking by me and supporting me and laughing at me and all that shit. You know, I can't do this shit without you guys. So yeah, I'm pumped about that. And then in August, other places I'm going to be, let me tell you, let me pull up my calendar here. Let's see. I'm going to be in Syracuse, just chilling out with my family (laughs) in mid-August. Then August 18th, 19th, and 20th, I'll be in Grand Rapids, Michigan at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club. 18th, 19th, and 20th, Grand Rapids, Michigan. August 26th, I'll be at Iowa State University. August 27th, I will be at Ram's Head on stage in Annapolis, Maryland. And then September 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, Memorial Day weekend. Or sorry, Labor Day weekend. I will be at Comics Mohegan Sun in Uncastville, Connecticut. I don't know what kind of fucking name Uncastville is. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Comics Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. 
so check check me out jessiemay.com for tickets if you message me at sharptonguepodcast at gmail.com i will consider giving you free tickets mention this podcast show me that you're subscribed and i'll give you some free fucking tickets go to jessiemay.com to see where i'm gonna be i'm very excited i'm gonna start uh recording my podcast live i'm pumped about that i'm gonna um embark on also a couple new show ideas i'm gonna try and put some content out there for you guys so you can see my cute fucking face you know what i'm saying i am too cute i sleep in motherfucking satin sheets i don't fuck with your thread count i don't fucks with your thread count i'm a important person motherfucker i get my nails dead i don't know what just happened um okay so yes come find me stalk me on the internets i got my snapchat up i got my instagram i got my twits i'm all over the place i'm here for you okay and for my dogs so check me out find me um i'm gonna get right into this episode because we talk about some real shit some real shit with this guest um he's been seen on the doctors he's currently on amber rose's new show on vh1 and he is a certified doctor and he is somebody who can shed some light on all of our lives because we live in a very sexually repressed society and life is too short to not explore your sexuality he is a sex therapist even though he doesn't really like to say the word therapist because it kind of is associated with an antiquated way of approaching sexual issues so i'm gonna call him a sex doctor because that's really what he is and it was a delight to talk to him he shed some light on my situation and he gave me some insights and enlightenment about my own being and i want to share that with you guys so i hope you enjoy my interview with dr chris donahue podcast this one i'm really excited about and i was trying to talk to you before but i was like i'm gonna save the juice for the podcast we have dr chris donahue hello did i say it properly yeah, you nailed it the g really threw me off the in g your name throws everybody off we gotta get rid of that donahue i know do, has anyone ever been like dr donahue no <laughs> no <laughs> usually no. it's just usually it's just misspelled it hasn't been mispronounced yet but that's you, actually pretty good you um i was telling you before that I looked you up on my own because I wanted to have a sex therapist. I do need one. And you asked me, what was the question that you asked me? Well, I was curious what keywords you were using in searching for the perfect sex therapist. Unqualified. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't click and send me an email. No, I actually, it was the opposite. I looked up, the keyword was best sex therapist in LA. And I came up. You came up. And two other women. And I, I saved the tab because I was like, I'm going to do research on these, you know, do my due diligence. But that's my question. So what would the, what would you be researching next? I researched, well, to, to start off hot, to start off like getting into the thick of it, but my listeners already know. When I was 16, my first sexual experience, I was raped. Okay. So I looked up like people who dealt with that sort of thing outside of just their normal sex therapy, dealing with that sort of you know, tragedy, if you want to call it that. So that's something that I've dealt with my whole life, and I've been trying to figure out how to navigate through just being a girl in a relationship and having that sort of This could of become thing. the entire episode. Well, it could, you know, I go in and <laughs> out of it session. a lot, like talking about this shit, because yeah. it's 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 something that happens. It's not something that has uh, any longer been 
this cloud over me. I've learned to sort of deal with it. But, you know, I got to make light of it also. Well, I think you're, you're actually calling out something really important, which is that sex. Okay, so culturally, I think sex is always put down as a side thing that just happens sometimes with a partner in the bedroom. Do you and think American? <clears throat> yeah, for sure. You're speaking but, like the American culture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what you're, you're pointing out is that it ca- we carry it with us always. Our sexuality is what we dress like, how close we sit with someone, how long we make eye contact, how comfortable we are when someone flirts with us. Uh, thoughts we think about it's always operating on us it's like hunger and breathing and um, energy it's always there what do you think somebody not like me who has like a sexual issue from the past just like a normal person what do you think are some of the things that you see as a professional that are consistent issues with people in society like maybe women specifically and we can get into like men too but like what do you Um, see as a constant with with american women yeah number one is body shame yeah. Body shame. Thinking I have the wrong body, thinking my body's not hot, um, struggling to look away other than the way I am, uh, not feeling that my body is sexy while I'm having sex. What do I look like? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, Fear that of their it's sexuality. Just, it's so hard to, to fuck and not be like, are my knees gross? But that's horrible <laughs> sex. But think about that. Think about how bad of a sex partner you are if you're thinking oh. about how attractive your knees oh, are. I'm terrible. Here I am with you, <laughs> yeah. trying to enjoy you, trying to get to know you, and you're literally checking out psychologically because you're worrying about your knees, how your boobs look. You worry about noises that are – there are yeah, so totally. many things that take me – like, and, and that definitely, I think, goes into my own specific issues, but I definitely think women share that where you are – there's so many dumb factors that you allow to shake you off that fuck train. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, so start start really broad. Number one, what kind of magazines do you have sitting on your coffee table that you are putting and feeding into your brain multiple times a day? What TV shows are you looking at? Hand me your phone. Let me look at what you're following on Instagram. Absolutely not. And this <laughs> – but, but that is why you have the body issues. Yeah, and you know if you unfollow that shit. It's so weird that you say that because as you were when you said body shame, the first thing I thought of was being a little girl and looking at these magazines mm-hmm. and and the magazines even though they're there's such a facade because they're glossy and they're they put this false thing that they're trying to make you feel good but once you read these magazines especially as a kid you feel like shit yeah but here's the thing we have to stop saying they and we have to start saying we we because okay you're we right. buy them which keeps them being made if we you're stop right. buying them they stop making them mm-hmm. uh anyone listening if you're a photographer please stop only taking pictures of white skinny Fuck. cisgendered females use some normal fat bodies yeah and stop Stop photoshopping their totally, knees. Totally. But here's the thing. I want <laughs> I always tell my fashion and photography friends, use people, don't use models. Models do not need to exist. They really, really, they really don't. don't. Get it, rid of that it, they shit. don't. Like eat a yeah. sandwich. Eat whatever you want. Just stop <laughs> stop using a certain body type. It but is so, kind of So you have annoying. control over that. So that's what I'd say to you. But here's the other thing. How unerotic is it gonna feel for you if you're with me sexually and you're not even paying attention to what we're doing? I, it's That's not so fair to you. hard. It's not fair to me. So, what do you do as a as a professional, like therapist? Is that your your how how yeah, what is your accolade? I I don't your medical alcalade. I don't like that word because the assumptions are that I operate from a standard, um, whitewash cultural normative perspective, and I don't. So here's a rough example. Most therapists, or even sex therapists, sadly, would say that we do therapy on sex. That's bullshit. What I do is I do I help clients use sex therapeutically. Because the solution to someone saying, I don't like my body, I think I'm fat, is to go have a lot of sex. Why? Because 
How will you feel better if you don't learn to see your body as erotic, to see other people wanting your body, to see other people enjoying your body? Where another therapist would say, let's work on these internal processes that are making you, there's nothing internal. Your body issues are coming from the outside in. Let's get rid of the magazines you're looking at. Let's follow more supportive things on your Tumblr. Let's have a lot more sex. Go on a webcam. Do you know what it'd feel like if you went on a webcam and masturbated in front of thousands of people cheering you on? I promise you, you will feel better about your fat Someone naked better body. fucking slow clap for me. They will <laughs> slow clap for you. But that's where sex heals. And so what is my title? I don't even know. Sex therapist, doctor of sexual psychology, psychologist. I don't even care. And, and how do you, like, so talking about body shame, and that's one of the main issues you think chicks for sure. have. For sure. What? How do you begin getting into that? Like, what? For me, let's take my case specifically. Okay. Instead of talking about broadly, what would you recommend? And you can ask any question you want to ask okay. me to get well, to the dirt. What's your What's your stated issue? What's my stated you issue? You really want to do a therapy session right now? I mean, are you, how much are you going to charge me? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to cover. I know. We I have need, a book. I have a TV we show. We need seven years in Tibet for I my know. fucking bless, shit. Bless. Um, I think I have a hard time being in the moment. Well, I would say two things, and, and and a lot of people want this magic, quick bullet that will solve everything in 45 minutes in my office, and I tell them work is really hard, because before I even hear you tell me that, the first thing I'd say is that you literally have to be more sensitive to what are the things that you're surrounding yourself with, and what kind of message are they giving you, because your psyche is literally built up of all of the things that you surround yourself with in terms of social media and media. Start there. I've never even considered that. I have no to be honest. Does. I'm a smart person. I've never considered. I, I know that they influence me because I've that when you said that about body shaming, I went right to that moment sure. as like a six year old looking at these dumb fucking magazines. Yeah. But I've never as an adult. It's uh, there's so much. You're right. Like the, the antiquated thing. It's like there's so much focus on the internal, which mm-hmm. is important. But mm-hmm. you can't How shut out the external. Wait, right. the internal is a product of the external. Yes. And yet as therapists, we naively and ignorantly, I think, just go right to the internal and ignore the fact that you can't do anything in 45 minutes or an hour in your office and then send them back into the world. With all that shit. All that shit and think that somehow you're going to put a dent in that. It's impossible. But when I tell clients that, when I say to them, stop watching crap reality television, stop following crappy magazines, they panic. And I say to them, well, that's part of the work, though. And, and what kind of things are you talking to your friends about? Are you with friends that say things like, I feel fat? Because number one, fat's not a feeling. And number two, that is them, again, <laughs> making bodies and a certain kind of body the focus of everything. Tell your friends, I don't want that kind of relationship. Let's not talk like that anymore. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it exists so much on like a subliminal level. Totally. And guys have it, too, especially in L.A. What do you, you think know, are the issues with dudes? Well, just as far as body image, I'm working out at Crunch. There's ceiling to floor window. I'm staring at an underwear ad with a dude, and all the women are behind me and guys behind me looking at that. They're thinking that's what everyone's supposed to look like. You're supposed to be on the treadmill I'm trying to get that. I'm aware of that. Totally. So there I am doing my crunches and my curls saying, I need to be that. I need to look like that to be okay. So guys have that as well, for it's, sure. And then you put those two things together in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. And naked, naked, and you know, with someone you really like and you want yeah. them to like you, so yeah. it feels fragile and vulnerable. It's very interesting, and for me, like, it's always been really difficult for me to have an orgasm. I can have them, but it's it, it, the scenario has to be so specific. Did a fly right. just, as I say yeah, that, a fly, fly flies right out of my crotch? No wonder. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that might be part of your problem. Moths are coming out of my vagina. <laughs> but the the problem with orgasming isn't uncommon and i mean again there's it's so complex because number one a lot of the women that can't orgasm don't have a history an early history of masturbation 
women that masturbated early and consistently tend to be more able to orgasm. But think about why that would be. They're more comfortable with sex. They're more comfortable yep. with being aroused. And that's the thing is we shame that. We shame sex with girls from a very young age. We sure do. And, I, you know, to me, that's the one d- downfall that is really detrimental to being a whole person. Mm-hmm. It, there's nothing. Parents try to shy away from that because they're afraid of their kids embarking on their sexual being it, it, as a part of their whole life. And it's it just, to me, it's like, here's an example. I used to bartend, and one of my clients would come in. And he told me about his. I like his, how you call them clients. I call them clients because you know I, 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 It makes it sound more professional. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I was slinging beers at 10 a.m. for these guys. They're getting wasted wow. doing shots at Jacks, wow. but they're they're my clients. Sure. This one guy who had a daughter at seven figured out how to masturbate, and she called it hot vagina. Wow. And he came in one day, and he was he looked like death had just fallen over him, his face. And I was like, "What's going on?" He goes, "My daughter found hot vagina," and I was like. Hold the phone. I need to figure out what the fuck you're talking about. What's hot vagina? <laughs> and his babysitter said that his daughter was sitting in the seat and figuring out how to. But of course, our bodies are able to derive pleasure from birth. There's no. When people talk about masturbating too young, I say, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Do you hug your baby? Do you scratch their back? Do you kiss them? Okay, then you're aware of sensory pleasure. There are images of children in utero stimulating and rubbing their genitals because it feels good. It's a form of self-soothing. Here's another big topic. So right now, running rampant is this whole thing called sex addiction. Sex addiction doesn't exist. Um, There's a lot of people in the field using that word. There's TV shows about it. It's not real. None of the diagnostic manuals recognize it. APA doesn't acknowledge it. Not the American Psychological Association. It doesn't really exist. You can't bill insurance for it. So right now, it's unethical to use that word clinically. People are still doing it. The problem is that we're using terms like that to continue to shame sex and masturbation as a form of pleasure and self-soothing. Here's what I say all the time, and it's in my book, Sex Outside the Lines. <laughs> Buy it. Uh, I'll put a link up. Can I put a link please. up on my site? Cool. But here's one of the things I say is that if I said to you, oh, you know, I watched football for six hours on Sunday, you're like, cool. And if someone said, oh, I watched a Real Housewives marathon for six hours, you're like, cool. But if I said I masturbated for six hours, holy shit, you're a sex addict. You're really? crazy. What's Why wrong with you? Why aren't you a Real Housewives addict? Why aren't you a football addict? Why yeah. can I travel the world looking at art, but I can't travel the world for sex without being a sex addict? I mean, That's really interesting. And, that's and it's everywhere. a basic thing. Totally, sex is a basic thing. Totally. And it really will make you a whole person. Like, I, I look I'm back to my friend's daughter. I look at her, and I told him, I'm like, you don't need to worry. No, what's to worry about? She's she might gonna be pleasure amazing. herself too much. Right. What you're actually learning is she's going to have a healthy adult sex life yep. because she's going to value her body yep. and orgasm and self-pleasure. She'll orgasm with her partners, which I, I know he doesn't want to hear about that when she's seven, but that's a beautiful thing. It she really will not is. end up in my office. No, he, I he will. Does not need my, yeah, yeah, you are, you will, I mean, and today in you're office, in it. Yeah. But it's your office yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that's a great example is that's one of the problems with uh, not being able to orgasm. And a fear of asking for what you want. That's another yeah. thing. A lot of women come in and they'll say, you know, I need the guy to stimulate me longer to orgasm. I'm afraid to ask for that. Or I'm afraid to ask that he does whatever <clears throat> because a lot of times the guy gets off and then they high five and, you know. Yeah. There, well, there's this, well, society also has built this, this standard for what sex is and, and our, well, you know, I won't say they, we, <laughs> we empower yourself we, yeah. but there is this sort of thing i've noticed being a woman where men it's about them getting off and and they aren't trying to figure out how to get the woman off but as a woman it's your responsibility to also know what you Absolutely. want you're responsible for your own orgasm look 
I say this. Ideally, we would live in a more compassionate culture where we all cared about others a lot more, but we don't. And so unfortunately, yes, you are responsible for your orgasm, which means you're going to have to educate them on what feels good to you, ask for it, tell them to please keep going. Once they get off, ask, you know, let them know you haven't. Man, there's just, I got to figure out my shit. I really need to figure out my shit. Because I'm, I feel like I'm at this middle ground where I'm making leeway. Here's a crazy scenario for you, okay? Not scenario, actually happened. So I have a hard time having an orgasm, right? right? But I can do it. I can stimulate myself while I'm having sex. It can happen. Right. It's just, it takes a lot. I have to really get out of my head. Um, but I was on edibles. <laughs> do you partake? I don't. I, I, don't, I don't do sugar or weed. Not there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoy the marijuana. Girl. Uh, I've just started embarking on the edibles. Which, by the way, I am pro-marijuana. I'm pro-medical marijuana. Everybody it's out important. there, FYI, FYI, Dr. Donahue is pro. For sure. If, you know, because sure. I'd rather people use weed than than them use pharmaceuticals. Right. I'd rather them use weed than a Xanax or a Zoloft or Prozac, which, by the way, has long term damage, especially to sexual functioning. That studies are showing once you've come off, does not necessarily go away. Marijuana, Holy fuck! Marijuana does not have that. It does not have that. Once it leaves your body, it's like bye. We'll see Correct. you tomorrow at eight a.m. again. <laughs> but I I ate these edibles and I experienced this sensation where i felt like i could have an orgasm spontaneously just by oh thinking about it gosh. and i've had these orgasms in my sleep where i'm th- where i have dreams and i and i have an orgasm without touching myself i've been with you know ex-boyfriends and they're like you sounded like you had an orgasm in your sleep and my boyfriend right now you know he's like you were touching yourself in your sleep so there's something happening in my sleep where i'm my brain isn't stressing about everything you're saying all the right words that, that's it you're in a state, psychologically and biologically, you're actually able to relax. You're open. You're not stressing. I mean, the worst thing for sexual functioning, for guys and girls, for erections and orgasm, is to be stressed or to be not aroused and thinking about something else. Because to orgasm and get an erection, you have to actually relax and be open. And when you're thinking and you're pressured, and that happens with guys. I have to get hard. I have to stay yeah. hard. I have to last her. long. I go to fuck her. That's the most unerotic, stressful thing, and that will actually work against you. And that's why I say to guys, too, good sex and good lovers don't just use their penis. They use their fingers and tongues and toys. And they go in and out, and they're grabbing different things. And if you're hard, you use it. When you're not, you don't. It doesn't matter. You have all the time in the world. But again, we don't think in those terms. we got to get it done. It's got to end with orgasm. Orgasm. It's got to be penetration. Yeah. We can't get off any other way. We can't just mutually masturbate or just go down on each other. It's got to be the one fucking thing. Totally. Jackhammer. Totally. My head's hitting the wall. Horrible sex. What the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. Are you an ex-con? Are you going to call me back? <laughs> but wait, I don't want to bring your boyfriend into this, but let's bring him into this. Uh, it, it, you know, if he's that kind of guy, that's not going to help. No, he's cause. not. He's he's an amazing lover. Okay, he's very he. I, sometimes we have sex, and I'm like, where did in my mind? I'm like, he he just knows how to appreciate a body, oh, and it's great. like the, the first time, and so it, it it inspires me to like try and relax more and be more in the moment. But so I'm, I took these edibles, right, and I had this conscious moment where normally in my sleep I have these orgasms I, I took these edibles I took a little nap and I felt that sensation and so I woke myself up and I'm like well, I'm gonna try and carry this sensation through while I'm awake right. to see if I can accomplish the task and and so my boyfriend and I went, went at it and I almost had an orgasm the closest time I've ever been in my life uh it didn't happen because he was so excited we you know finished and that was that no 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 Say that again. He was so excited, which we just. It, what I, happened? He what? Okay, I didn't get to that point. Okay, why did it stop when he was done orgasming? Um, because that's the problem. That's the, that's. I what didn't I'm talking communicate. About. 
Right. But here we are. Here we are at the big moment. We didn't get there because he came and that decided that sex was done. Right. Okay. I didn't communicate to him. Yeah. Hey, congrats. You came. Let's keep going. I didn't yet. It's all about yourself. It's all about, yeah. Because even though he might now lose his erection because he came, he still has a tongue. He still has fingers. There are still toys. He can watch you masturbate. He can masturbate. I mean, there's so many things that can happen. And it's up to me to be like, hey, let's keep going. Totally. See, and that's the thing. Like, we're, I'm so, women and people in general are afraid to say what they want. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, I come each and every time in the ways that I need to and want to. Because I won't be with a partner that won't engage me in any other way. And, and I've worked on myself, and that's confidence. And maybe I'm in, I'm in a privileged position maybe to pull that off, but we all have to do that. Where, you know, you're in the room as well. You have to be there. Yeah. I, it's just, you know, I, I think about, like, opening my mind more as far as, like, sexuality. and be, you know, I'm, I'm a straight girl, mm-hmm. but I've never been with a woman. Mm-hmm. And I've never been in a scenario where I'm going get, to get it on with a woman. But I'm wondering, do you think if, just trying that, even though you think it's not something you want, but just putting yourself in that position can open up more things. Well, I'll how do you say, feel about that? I'll say this: uh, you can be very fluid and circle in and out of different things. I think everyone will be best served by trying everything at least once. But again, there's a panic of what will that mean if I do that? Right. right? What's my label? What, that's exactly what Ugh. it is. What did I then just become that I can't then walk away from? But here's the big news: everyone gets to diagnose and label themselves. So if you want to call yourself hetero as a guy and suck dicks left and right, you're still a straight guy. Because yeah, you cares? get to tell me. Right. <clears throat> but here's the thing. If a girl is with a guy, she's straight, then she can be with a girl and then go back to a guy and still be straight. But yeah. if a dude is with a girl and then sucks a dick, he's gay and he's not allowed to circle back. What's what up the with that? Fuck? But here's the thing. Get rid of all <laughs> the labels and try everything and you get to you get to tell us who you are. But I I think you should. There's why would you not? Sex is good. Nothing bad would have happened if in the middle of being with a woman you realize, you know, I'm not really into this. Stop. Right. Tell her that. Hey, this sounded good. I'm not really feeling this. So, you know, thanks for coming by. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Labels and I was talking with somebody about this like especially in LA. I always say L.A. stands for labels because this Ooh. town is built on labels. Yeah. Entertainment industry is built on genres. Sure. Are you a writer, producer? What, what the fuck Absolutely. are you doing? And I, we do get caught up in labels, and that's it's such a double standard for men. Well, it, it limits who you are. It limits what you can do. It's very shaming for guys. Girls are a little more comfortable being you know, sexually fluid and open. For guys, it's horrifying. I do it with guys who are curious and wondering, but they're afraid again of what that means and what would they be called and can they go back to what they were before. But that's why I won't. I won't use labels with my, my patients. I, I don't use any diagnostics. I think even the words depression is limiting because depression really is. is sometimes in some ways for some people's and I, I won't use any of them. Um, so I think it's, a, yeah, I agree. And that's why I won't identify as anything. I don't, I won't live in that world. And yeah, so, because it's limiting. Totally. And then it limits your ability to be in the moment because you're like, well, if this is my label, then I can't go outside these, this, totally. this boundary right here. And the label doesn't even tell you anything because there's, you know, even if we just use the labels of male and female, there's as many differences between females as there are between a male and a female. So if you say I'm a girl, I learned nothing about you. I didn't, I didn't even learn about your anatomy because not all women that have external female anatomy have the same matching internal. Unless you've had a chromosome test, I don't even know if you're male or female in some ways. I don't know what the internal looks like. And just when someone says, like, even gay, I don't even know what that means. I mean, a 50-year-old wealthy black gay man is not the same kind of gay man as a 13-year-old white street drug addict. Like, what are you even talking about? There's no gay community. There's no straight community. We have to let go of these terms. We really do. And, you know, even, like, within those communities – 
holding steadfast to those labels can be sure. damaging, don't you think? Sure. Yeah, but we're moving out of it. I mean, you know, I say this a lot. I look to the teenagers and, and my uh, niece who's 15 to see what's going on, and they're not labeling themselves as anything. They're like, I like girls, I like guys, I'm queer. No, maybe I'm gay, maybe I'm straight. And I'm like, yeah, don't choose Your anything Your nieces and ever. nephews? Yeah. That's amazing. That's where I learn all this stuff from, though. That's I, amazing. That's, that's where we're headed. So their parents are totally open and supportive. Yeah, I mean, and again, they're lucky because this is a girl whose parents live in L.A. Her mom is a makeup artist in the industry, so she's going to be a little more, you know, open and fluid than yeah. some other parents. But, you know, my book uh, talks about gender-neutral parenting and trying to get us away from some of this, so getting there slowly. It's tough, man, because, you know, growing up in my generation, we didn't have all the social media. And now where I'm at now, I ha I feel blessed to at least have the both spectrums of the influence without it and the influence with it. But as a kid, I remember growing up and those lanes were very specific. Mm -hmm. Girls play with pink things. Boys play with blue things. And you stay in your lanes. And but, that's that. But that that's, what, that's what causes a lot of the problems why guys are afraid of women, don't know how to approach them because we've trained them to believe it's something separate. We never allow you to get to know them because from grade school, girls over there, guys over there sit in different seats, use different bathrooms, and you create this false yeah. sense of difference, which does not exist. Yeah. If we got rid of the gender labels, we wouldn't be able to tell a distinction because there, there really isn't one psychologically. Even the male-female brain has been proven bunk. Yeah, yeah, right? totally. So we're getting there slowly. I, I think Walmart now has like gender-neutral toys where there's not a girl aisle or a guy. It's just toys, which is awesome. So again, we're getting there. <laughs> Have you seen that video of that little girl in the toy yes! aisle? Yes, oh! yes, yes, where the parent said something about girls' toys. Yeah, she's like, why do I have to, I want to play, like, that's why I'm thinking, like, pink things and blue things. Sure. She's like, why are all the girls' stuff pink and all the blue stuff, all the boys' stuff blue? Yeah. She's like, boys can play with princesses. I want to play with, yeah. like, you know, whatever she wants to play with. Some parents Tonka, will fight Tonka that. trunks. Some parents will fight that. They do. My little girl is not going to play with a blue truck. Like, because what? of because they're, we're brainwashed. <laughs> For sure. We're fucking brainwashed in society. But media keeps us there. You know, it again, does. I watch these segments on shows where they'll say something like, dress for your body, body type. That is the most fat shaming, body shaming thing. Wear whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, there is no cares? right thing for the right body type. But I'll see, you know, Tyra Banks doing that and these little segments. And I'm like, and I tweet at them. I'm like, please stop shaming bodies. And please stop telling women that you have to look a certain way to dress a certain way. So <clears throat> I was just on um, Amber's show with Tess Holliday, who's a really beautiful, famous plus size model. And she did this amazing campaign where, sadly, Oprah in her magazine or, or something Oprah-related, she had done this thing about the right bodies for crop tops. And uh -uh. Tess is a fat supermodel, and she wore a crop top, and she's like, anybody can wear a crop top. And it's like, yes, dear fashion industry and people like Tyra, please stop promoting the ideas that there's a certain thing, a certain way to dress for a certain type of body. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And, you know, when you were like, what – are th what are the magazines you have on your table? What are the things you're exposing yourself <laughs> to? Me. Well, for me, it's such a... I need to know what is being said out there because sure. of what I do for a living. For sure. And I, what I've found myself doing lately, I have this battle because I see stuff that People Magazine posts, you know, uh, Cosmopolitan, and all these magazines and, and articles and places where they just put this stuff out there that is so damaging. And I want to say something about it. And I usually do, but there's always that spark in my brain where I go, mm, you might not want to. Yeah, because you got to work with them. Because I got to work them. with them in the future. Totally. But like they posted something a couple weeks ago. I think it was People Magazine. And it was like, so-and-so put on some weight. Like they, they were shaming some famous person about putting on weight. And, and the ripple that sends through society is so fucking damaging. Yep. Because then it sets the standard of, of what's okay. 
Yep. And if you put on weight, the fucking everything stops. And all eyes are on you and how gross. Listen, let me tell you something. I So I'm someone who goes to the gym six days a week because I live in L.A. I work in television. I, I know I need to look a certain way yeah. to get book certain things I book. Oftentimes they tell me to wear something form-fitting to show off my biceps. So it's that tension of I don't want to play into that, but I also have to for my career. And so I'm trapped in as well. But let me tell you a story. Like four months ago, I just <laughs> finished having sex with someone. And there I am. <laughs> naked feeling fine having a great day and this is what it said to me you know you'd be really hot if you were skinny what <laughs> yes we That's all what they said? we all have to hear it and i wrote about that on my social media and everyone's Send it like to you after sex totally and on my what social media fuck? everyone's like you look great like you're so in shape and i'm like yeah that's fine thanks cool but that doesn't mean that like it doesn't trickle and leak everywhere everywhere totally it and never stops and it may not even be something like this is the fucked up part about society the things we say aren't necessarily the things we feel. Right. They're just things we've been taught to think. Sure. And it's not even connected to our souls or, or our sensibilities. No, and that's, and that's honestly the message I try to get out in my work is we have to you have an, you have a right to be with people that you're physically attracted to. Um, but you also, if you want a long-term sustainable relationship, have to look for a connection bigger than that and outside of that. Uh, it Elaborate can't just be on that. so body centric. Well, so we're dating on apps now mostly. Well, I, I know. It's I don't good fucking do that. I do. It's not, I'm not judging you, but I, have I can't. To learn. Well, it's kind of like what you said about magazines. I have to, in order to work with patients that are on these apps, I have to really understand them. And it's I, true. And I am currently single. So I'm on there and I'm learning some horrific things. Ugh. But the number one thing is that it's, it's all about your market value because we're dating from those based on an image. Mm hmm. And the little sentence that goes oh, under it's just right. it's it's what can I put in one sentence that exemplifies all that <laughs> yeah. I am? It's like that your might bio. make you want me. Yeah. It's like shopping online. I have to make myself valuable in one sentence. Really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't get to, to squeeze the avocado to see if it's ripe. You just you have don't. to look at a photo of it and trust you that don't. it's organic you and good don't. for you. Yeah, for sure. It's hard. So things are changing. I don't know where it's all gonna take us. Um, but a, a good number of my clients and patients are all online. Thousands of thousands are joining a day. So uh, we're losing, I think, a little bit of real-time confidence-based mm -hmm. skill. We're no longer, are we going to walk up to someone in Starbucks and have to hit on them? Because I can go on my phone and on Tinder have access to hundreds of people. Right. That's not necessarily a good thing. You have, have quote-unquote access. Because you don't yeah. have, like, real access to no. them. And, you know, have you ever seen that movie Wally? -E? No. A you cartoon. It's a cartoon, but yeah. it's really for adults. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies. And it oh. sort of depicts the future of of civilization based around technology and how the irony of the the what's the word i'm looking for um technology makes everything so convenient is that we become a prisoner to it oh, and yeah. we become just these lazy slobs that have these screens in front of us and we don't know how, we don't even communicate on a real moment level we're just in our little bubble and I think that's where we're headed. Even though technology, the advances are amazing, especially in the medical industry and all of this, you know, technology, like building things and NASA and all this shit is amazing. But when it comes to like people and communicating, it makes me terrified. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's because it's, it's eye contact and touch that really help us build intimacy. And if you're not utilizing that, you're not able to really take in a person. And so I tell people, date online if you want. Because I know some people are really, really busy or they don't like bars and they want to have access to people. And it gives you a wider range of who you can ask out. Because there was a time yeah. when I could only ask out the people at my local bar. 
now I can ask out someone in Germany if sure I want, can. right? Sure can. Which is cool. Sure do. It's cool. It's cool. You build a, but a circle. meet them in real time as soon as possible. Yes. Because these relationships are being built over text and technology, and they can come crashing down as soon as you make eye contact and oh, touch them. it's done. And the chemistry isn't there. If I don't, sure. if I can't smell your fart cloud, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to talk to you. I'm not. You know what I mean? What? What does your fart cloud <laughs> smell like? Wait, I don't know that I even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know that I even want to be a part of that. I'm. I just feel like I don't know. I, I, I'm on both at like both sides of that spectrum. And you know, I have a boyfriend now, and I've only like I, I was on Match.com years ago. That was before apps. Right. And I met somebody and dated them or whatever. And then for research, just kind of like what you have done. Also, you know, you're using it to to date. Sure. I signed up for a couple of these apps, and it's the same thing where you people lie. I went at this guy. You know, I'm looking at all his his fucking nutrition facts on his profile. You know, I got that, 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 all these things. Yeah, yeah. Facts. You know, he's like six foot two. His ingredients. Yeah, all the ing- ingredients that make him up. Obviously, it's the best of the best. Of course. But it's also lies. So he said he was like six foot two and all this stuff. You know, he's like a producer, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, all right. But also, it shows you what our culture values. Yes. If he had to say he was taller than he is, and it's pointing out that in our culture, you have to be a certain height to be acceptable. So right. But go ahead. So, uh, in my mind... Did you shame him for being shorter? No, I didn't shame him for being shorter. Because, you know, for me, it's about connection. I don't give a fuck how tall you are. I don't care what your waist size is. Are you a smart person? Are you a good person? Are you interesting? Are you motivated? Those are the things, like, that matter to me. So, we meet. He picks me up and doesn't get out of the fucking car. First of all, where the fuck is the romance and chivalry? Like, open a goddamn door. We're going to have a fight over this. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, we can have a, we can have all a fight. All I'm hearing is sexism, uh, <laughs> sexism, sexism. No, but go like, ahead. I, in my mind, I do want a little bit of that shit. Sexism? Just all of it. All that sexism. I want gender norms, sexism, <laughs> segregation. Listen, I'm opening. I'm open to you being like, these are things that you don't need to focus on. Because it's important for me to tell you how I feel. Sure. And you to be like, well, this is why it's it's a little shifted of a perspective for you to say you want this guy to open the goddamn door for you. But this I want to hear what was wrong. <laughs> well, he wasn't tall enough. <laughs> in, in, retro, in, in like hindsight, in retrospect, like I, I felt that way. Like you should have opened a damn door because you weren't honest about how fucking tall you were. <laughs> That must have been a real fun date. He owed you a lot, apparently, huh? So I get into his, his Jeep, right? And I'm sizing him up. I'm looking at him. I'm like, this dude's torso is as long as my torso. He's not 6'2". Right. And I'm not mad that he's not 6'2". But I'm, you lied. I'm mad that you told me you, you were 6'2". I'm with you on that. If I, if I were to meet someone off of online or whatnot and I was lied to, I'd probably have to exit immediately because I understand that you're the victim of our cultural norms and you don't live up to them. But I need someone who's a little more confident and can embody who they are because that's not going to be erotic to me if you're uncomfortable in your height and your right. body and all that. And so that's that would be a deal breaker just from the door. Okay, now let's chop down the sexism. Sure. <laughs> oh, anytime. Well, I mean, the, the basic definition of sexism is anytime you want to be treated special because of your gender, it's sexism. I, I used to get in a fight with my mom about this where she'd be like, I'm a feminist. And in my head, I'm like, you are not, but that's cool. And then she Why like, would you say she's not? I'll tell you why. Because okay. she still wanted my dad to pay for dinner, order for her, open the door, and get gas in her car. Interesting. that's not feminism. And what is feminism? I would say, well, now, current third wave 2015 or 2016. Yeah, no, we're in 2016. Is more gender equality, where we don't make decisions or have expectations based on your anatomy and gender. 
And if you want special treatment based on the fact that you have a vagina, you are stepping out of the realm of current feminism and you're moving into sexism. See, treatment I agree special. with that. Yeah. But I was just like, saying- if I go on a date with you tonight, which I know you have a boyfriend, um, you should not expect that I'm paying. I agree with that. Bring your wallet because, and ideally, if I had a great date, if I had a great date, (laughs) (laughs) and apparently Um, you're going to have to open your own damn door too. A bunch of girls' vaginas just dried up. I know. My phone just went dry. (laughs) No, but listen, this is how I feel. If I went on a date with you tonight and had a great time, I would want to pay, but that would not be because of our gender, but because of me wanting to let you know that I enjoyed you and had a really great time. Right. And so it'd be an act of that. Um, it happens a lot at, at elevators where I'm standing next to a woman in the elevator, the door opens, and there's this expectation that she should get out first. But why? What is you have the a vagina and have a penis? It's fascinating. It's so, it, I have such anxiety over it when I'm in the elevator. This happened like you a stress. It causes me so much stress. I stress about everything. I was in the elevator, and there was a guy in there. And in my mind, I'm like, um, who's going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> but this I is the kind of things God. you think about during sex, too. Who, my knees. My knees. And then I even think about <laughs> the elevator gonna pay for guy dinner tonight? during yeah. sex. Like, it. It, there, but it's so it, it's all this societal stuff that gets stuck in like the the little crevasses of our problem. brain. Listen, if you if you want if you want to date a guy that's sexist, that's cool. But then you can't complain when he's sexist. It's true. So if you want him to pick you up, open the door, pay for everything, he's also going to probably tell you, "I want to look through your phone." No, you can't do a girls' weekend away. Yeah, and 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 you can't wear that makeup or something like. Right. It's, you can't complain about it being congruent. And so you know, my older brother is currently single, and he's what I would deem to be. The best model of what any woman should want. Really? Right? Yeah, just really smart, really successful, knows about wines, likes to travel, just really amazing. And his whole thing is that I don't want a girl that isn't up to date enough and would always make me pay. He's like, I love when a girl offers to pay. Yeah. Even if I don't let her, I want her to still offer. I think that's appropriate. I think that's respectful. Um, he does want a girl that's going to get married to him and raise children where he raises his daughters to submit to a guy because they're a girl. Yeah. Because that's in there too. It really is. And you know, I've that's the one thing. Like when when I started dating my boyfriend, I would offer to pay for things Good. because I I don't you're I, polite. Yeah, I'm in the middle of this like wanting romance, but also wanting to like. They're both romantic. Yeah, it, it is <laughs> right. <laughs> I think so. Yes, when someone says I care about you, I value you, I want to show you that by buying you flowers or paying for you, that is romance to me. That is them saying that I care about you. Yeah, but it's it, God. There's so much out. Like external stuff that we allow mm-hmm. to dictate how we communicate and interact with But that's people. what my entire, all my work is based on. Anything, any podcast I'm on, the TV shows I'm on, my book, it's all about trying to get us to acknowledge that and start to dismantle that. And for you, like, is it, do you battle with yourself? Because this is your field. This is your work. But I'm sure, you, I mean, you're a human being. Mm-hmm. What what brought to, brought you to this this work? Like, this how did you question. find that? I yeah, you'd be good at it. I was raised in our standard culture. My parents were not beyond what we're talking about. You know, I was raised in a very white, um, elitist, capitalist. You know, a lot of racism in there. I was not raised in the best environment. It was the East Coast suburbs. Oh shit! Like, I was gonna say, where where yeah, were you raised? Philadelphia suburbs. Oh it fuck! Wasn't, it wasn't progressive by any means. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I went up to NYU for college and New York City. I met friends of all different kinds of genders and. Um, sexualities and relational styles. I ran around in the, the club scene, and mm-hmm. so I was really exposed to a lot of things. And then just getting into sex therapy, you're you're really forced, if you do the appropriate training and actually get certified, which few are, and you're forced to really encounter the health 
of different relational styles where I had to explore and work with clients that are coming in that are open or polyamorous and seeing these are really intelligent, healthy people. Wait a minute. What I'd been taught in psychology and culture that that's not appropriate or there's a lack of intimacy isn't true. Clients coming in that have a wealth of sexual interests that psychology and culture says are unhealthy and I'm realizing it's not. Yeah. Um, I, d- different people coming in saying they don't have a gender, don't want one. And again, psychology says that's not okay. So does culture. But then I realize it is okay. So that's why I put all my training, my credentialing behind trying to normalize diversity and differences because there's very few people in the psychology field or the medicine field normalizing that. Most of them want to say if it's a difference, it's a disorder. And I'm like, no, no, That's no. So terrible. It's just different and creative. Stop shaming it. For sure. You're like the you're like the modern Kinsey. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, I mean, and that's what scares me. And that's why this whole sex addiction model, which again, you know, public service announcement, if your therapist uses the word sex addiction, run. Because they're they're sex phobic, they're over pathologizing. Putting negative connotation on something. I've had clients come to see me that have been in sex addiction treatment for 10 years or more. And in one session, they leave cured and free. Because I tell them things like, no, you just masturbate a lot. But yet, your therapist told you you're masturbatorily addicted and put you in a 12-step program. Because you masturbated every day. Most guys masturbate from one to three times a day. You're called normal. They, and it's just really bizarre things that when is you watch really, porn. Yeah. Porn is not bad. Porn can be healthy. I have some clients utilize porn to improve their sex lives. Do you think porn can be bad in any? For sure. Right. Everything can be bad. Everything absolutely can be bad. For sure. I mean, I think porn is the worst sex educator. It shows it, you oh, the eight worst bodies. Men, listen to this shit. Yeah, no, for sure. Women don't all want a big cum load in their face immediately. No, thank you. Not every woman waxes themselves to a point of whatever. Hello, I have some hairs around my butthole. <clears throat> Not every woman wants, you know, anal. I mean, I, there's... I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to yes. stop you right there. <laughs> yes. We're going we're gonna to circle back and talk about that in a minute. <clears throat> no, porn's got a lot of problems. Uh, it just shows rock hard, non-ending erections and oh, girls that want it in every slammed. hole. Totally. But where it is good is that it, it normalizes a wealth of behaviors because if you Google, you can find any sex act being produced in film, which means people are doing that. So I have clients that like diverse things to find the communities and see that. It can also make us feel more comfortable with sex. I have some sex-phobic clients where I'm like, you need to watch porn. You need to watch more people having sex so you can calm down. That's what I've been trying to do myself. Like, good. Sometimes I just watch it. I don't even go. I don't even play good. or masturbate. I'm good. just watching it good. to see. Learn some things too. See what turns you on where you go, oh. I didn't realize that that was, that was actually arousing. Because look, long-term monogamy, if you want to have a long-term sex life, you're going to need a lot of newness and novelty. Yeah. Uh, porn can be a way where you find new fetishes and kinks. I want clients to find fetishes and kinks. I want to walk them into them. I think that's a beautiful thing. It keeps things dynamic and interesting. What do you think for long-term relationships? This is something that I've thought about in my mind. like Just being realistic and also wanting to be more open for myself and my relationship. What do you think about couples introducing a third party just to just for a sex sure scenario. I, I think it's great you how, know why? how would you approach okay, how, okay why and how would you approach it number one the fact that we think maybe it's not a good idea just shows that we're sex phobic mm-hmm. uh number two if you do that and you realize well that didn't feel good don't do it again right simple you move on it's not something that's irreconcilable or right? that you have to force yourself into totally. liking or totally. doing totally so number one if you don't feel like you're with a partner where you could process with them during it and after it, whether or not you enjoy it don't do it because you have to be someone that's safe enough you could say to them hey this isn't feeling good i don't want to do this anymore yeah and they'll politely say to the third you know we're going to stop and if your partner won't do that 
that's not the right couple. Yeah. I, afterwards, you have to be able to talk about it. How do you feel about that? Do you want to do that again, or what would we do differently? Um, also, number three, you have to be in a healthy place. If you're not a healthy couple, you're not ready to take that on. Yeah, and it's not it going to solve your problems. Totally, no. People do that. If you have, a, Here's the thing. If you have a bad, broken relationship, you'll have a bad, broken, open one. Yeah. And I tell them you can only open it or try other things if you're already in a good place because then you'll be – You'll have this firm foundation upon which to do and talk about these things. And look, the couples that are doing that in my office are having way more sex together. It doesn't replace. They're actually more eroticized. Like just them together. Yes. Just them two. Because they just saw their partner in an erotic state with someone else. It recharges them. They look at their partner again as a sexual being. As a sexual being. being yes. That's so important. He's not somebody who needs to put the fucking totally. dishes away. Totally. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying I think we get into these roles where it's like, and it's back to that whole societal influence. Right. Your man has to do this. Your woman has to do this. Sure. And we, we compartmentalize each other instead of looking at each other as sexual beings. Right. Would you open yours? Would you bring in a third? It's. I think I would. A guy or girl? Whatever. Cool. Because I've never, I haven't done that before. It's, I have many times. And it's it's a phenomenal thing. I like being the third that's brought in, and I've also brought into my relationships. I never even thought about being the third that's brought in. Oh. Hello, we should start a business. There's nothing hotter than third watching eye. a couple enjoy each other, enjoying you. Yeah, it's phenomenal. You're like Would a you little say third, third eye? eye. Hello. <laughs> we'll talk after. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna set up a new app. We, third eye. Oh swipe, God. swipe, swipe. Holy Ranking shit! Ranking in the money. I am not even kidding you. It's right just gonna now. be me and you on it though. They have to. They can only choose me or you. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. Just our, and we, yeah. we put all left for you, right for me. <laughs> Our services Thank are provided. You. There's you, that, there's a hole in the marketplace. Oh, for sure. uh, there's that they, could be our motto. We're the hole in the marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. You should definitely try it though. I mean, again, the couples that do it, they come in, they're like, we've had more sex just the two of us this week after having done that because we are just charged. I see my partner again as being this erotic being. I, it's but you have to be in the right place to be able to. You do have it. to be in the right place, and it's not. It, do you think like I've heard this also being mentioned in reference to having somebody else uh, introduced into the rela- relationship? Do you think rules have to be set? Absolutely. And what yeah. do you think those rules? You don't should just be? wing it. Please don't ever just wing it. Right. You have to be willing to talk about it before. And I'm not a fan of saying, "Hey, let's talk it right now," because in like 30 minutes, I have someone coming over. Oh no! Like <laughs> let's talk about it days in advance. Yeah. What are you hoping for? Um, how can I let you know if during it I don't want to do it anymore that I want to stop? Will you be okay if you're into it and I'm not stopping, if I don't feel secure? And then you also want to talk about what are some bonding things we can do immediately afterwards to create and close any, uh, I'm sorry, to close any distance we might feel as a result. So I want to make sure that afterwards you're like, you know, we're going to spend some time together and do some hugging and just kind of like re re coming together. Um, but that's kind of it. Just really talk about what your expectations are. What are the things you can do if you don't want to have it continue? What are you open to having happen when with that third person? Yeah. What are we not wanting to do? What do we want just to be for the two of us? Some people might say, um, we'll just have oral with the other person. No, no penetrative anything because that's, that's a special, good start. Right. That's a really right. good start. Or even just, we want the third to watch us. Or maybe one of them says, I don't need to be touched. I wouldn't mind watching you with someone else. I'm not ready to join in or Whatever it is, but yeah. talk about what you want to have happen. My guy has mentioned that, mentioned just being like a spectator in the sport. Phenomenal. Right. And like, again, if it doesn't go well or you didn't feel okay, it, it, it is, you can move beyond that. Right, because you can set up your whatever you're comfortable with. Sure. And it just goes back to not being stuck in these lanes. Sure. Afterwards, after the first time I did it, I, we had to talk about how did you feel about that? Did you feel okay? Did you feel closer or more distant from me? Because 
I'm doing this to feel closer to you. If you feel more distant, then we need to do it differently. We need to not do it again. Or is there something about our relationship that we realize that we want to work on? I mean, you have to really be smart about and psychological. And that's why if you're really unsure, make an appointment, see a sex therapist. Who who should they see, doctor? I'll tell you. (laughs) Honestly, I'm really, really careful about who I refer to because, you know, number one, see someone who's a sex therapist. That's your best bet first off prior to a regular therapist around stuff like this generally. Specific. But then, even within the sex therapy field, there are some sex therapists that still use words like sex addiction. So avoid the hell out of them. Make sure they're certified. ASECT is the only certifying body for sex therapists. Right. That's your best bet. I can't promise anything with that, but it's your best bet. Now, for me, someone who's you know a victim of rape right. and, and that sort of thing, would you recommend any sort of specific? I mean, I've gone to a regular therapist, like a clinical, which can be phenomenal. I mean, the implication is my not. Life. Yeah, the implication is not that only sex therapists can work with sex. It's just traditional therapists aren't necessarily trained in any human sexuality or sex therapy. Right. It's not part of the programming. So they would have to have done that on their own. And if they didn't, then they're bringing in the same cultural biases everyone else is bringing in. It's just kind of like concern. a conveyor belt of totally. whatever clients, they've been taught. Totally. I have clients that come in. They're like, oh, my therapist told me it was you know bad that I watched porn. And I'm like, well, yeah, where did they get trained around those topics? Right. Nowhere. So they're just di- you know reading the same things we're reading magazine-wise. People Magazine said it's real, so I believe it. Yeah. You know, you just got to be careful. You have to be a smart consumer. But like, like you have to do with everything, though. Yeah, it's like, it's like anything where you just try a little bit yeah. of a few different therapists and like find who I think you have to. Yeah. I think you have to. And here's the other thing. So not just to like pimp my book, but pimp your book. Well, you know what? You worked hard. <laughs> Fuck that. Pimp that. <laughs> well I'll pimp it, but I'll also say the reason why I wrote the book was there were some people that uh either needed more of me or they didn't have access to me. And so the book is literally chapters walking you through a sex positive sex therapy session it's really helping you look at and deconstruct where i might have problems or shame around sexuality and diverse relationships and gender and kind of normalizing and really liberating and and getting rid of the negativity and the pathologizing so the purpose is to walk you through basically a sex therapy session have you walk away feeling more empowered around sex so not so much how to solve your sexual issues no. but how to approach going to a th- sex therapist no not how going to okay. a sex therapist it is it is about how to approach your own sexual stuff but not right. everyone can go to sex therapy they can't afford it they don't have access and so this book is the only book i'm aware of that really walks you through reading it would be like going to a session right that's yeah that's what i what i'm right. trying to convey that's really interesting because i don't think i've heard of any book that no takes they're that usually approach. very sticky they're like here's a here's how to give a blowjob right or you know and it's like I- i'm not going to teach you how to do that because i don't think there's one right way either everyone wants it differently so the book is about actually getting you more confidence so that you can ask someone how they like to be orally pleasured right that's very interesting and what is your book called doctor? oh it's called <laughs> sex outside the lines <laughs> <laughs> on amazon or you know barnes and noble and uh, talks about, yeah, gender, sexuality. It's for all couples. It's written for straight, gay, because it, it's not about those terms. That's it's really important. It's just about bodies. If you have a body, the book is for you. If you're someone who wants to feel more confident with your body, more confident around sex, uh, I, I debunk things like sexual dysfunctions. They don't exist. Erections operate all sorts of different ways. It's about kind of confident with that, not about finding weird techniques to make it last the way it's not supposed to. Right. Uh, all sorts of stuff is in there. Or feeling ashamed for totally. whatever you do. There's You have to find a way to make it work in your life in a healthy way. Yes, that is exactly the key of the book. It's not about feeling bad about how I am and trying to change that because that's not going to that's happen. That's not going to work. It's about how can I work with what I have and how I am and feel confident in it for sure. Did you have like a guru or something that brought you into this? Yeah. Because you are you are kind of like an anomaly within your industry, don't you Sally, think? Sadly, I am. Yeah. I wish there were more people operating the way I did. So this is what I tell people. People will reach out at times and they'll say, uh, where should I go to school? I want to do what you do. And I say, I had to unlearn everything school taught me, sadly. <laughs> My gurus are 
all of the people that are they're the black queer feminist writers oh man hypothesizing and philosophizing right sociologists i had to just pull a lot of different stuff together you really are like kinsey <laughs> thank you well just because he was you know he was a pioneer he was a pioneer and yeah. in his his medical peers didn't take him seriously yep. because he was pushing boundaries totally. and that changed our idea of what sexuality yeah. is and on the other that thing spectrum. is just right now on friday nights i'm on amber rose's show yes please pr- i do promote that on vh1 vh1 11 o'clock I'm on the Ambrose show and I do a segment with her every week where we answer sex questions. And, you know, me and her are both really trying to do a lot of, you know, uh, body normalizing and sex positivity. And so tweet in your questions. Well, it's funny you should say that. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I posted, a, you know, I was like letting people know. First of all, everyone's like, who is he? Is he single? <laughs> I asked yes, people to send in some questions. You want to answer a couple? Sure. Some of them are ridiculous. But yes. you know what? I got some of the ridiculous ones. Yeah, you you have to say you have to. Why don't we kick off the one that you got? Oh, okay. Where is it? Your your cell phone's over here. So this was this was my my favorite <laughs> tweet question, and you know these these kind come in. So the question was, give me one second. I'll I'll, I'll uh set up the ones that people posted on Instagram here. Oh, this one was brilliant. Okay, yeah. here we go. Okay, this is from Travis at uh, Lope Dog. Thanks for writing Lope Dog. Yeah. Uh, dear Chris Donahue, what does Jesse taste like? Cheese it, cheese it. <laughs> the answer is cheese it. Cheese it and hairspray. <laughs> That's gonna be my book title. It's a good, it's a good combo. Um, my dog walker wants to know: Can I get my girlfriend pregnant in any hole other than the vagina? <laughs> Wait, is this your literal dog walker? This is my dog walker. Yeah, oh, he takes yeah. care of my dog. Well, this is so. There, I, I work with mainly adults, and this is why. So I was at a conference and. <laughs> with a bunch of sex educators and they were talking about safe sex for teens and i said well if you're worried about teen pregnancy no one gets pregnant by fucking in the butt and it was like silence wow don't, i love that don't tell teens to have anal sex yeah you should no one gets pregnant from anal sex right so teens are supposed to and going to have sex in fact if if you don't you're not normal because 75 percent have sex in high school i'd rather them have sex that's safer and in the butt is safer in terms of pregnancy than in the vagina Hello. Mutual masturbation. Please talk to teens about masturbating and porn. That is far safer. I'd rather teens masturbate together than you don't get pregnant that way. You don't get pregnant and you and you learn how to be comfortable in sex a scenario. Sex toys. Oh my God. Use sex toys. Why is there not? <clears throat> I, They're afraid because we're afraid. Our education system is so fucked. Yes. I, in my health class, sex ed, do you know what I remember the most? Them showing that fucking slideshow mm-hmm. of all the blooming onions that'll shoot out of your asshole if you yeah. have sex. And remember, who taught that? Not Mrs. Laytonin. Thank you. And what was her what was her background? Because uh, she wasn't a sex therapist or sex Christianity. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who works part time at the local whatever? Yeah. Why is she teaching that? Number one. But you're right. There. It's all fear based. It's and all always, don't do it. I always felt like she had a soul like you, where she wanted to push boundaries, but oh, she wow. had to go to this curriculum that she was forced to teach. Yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrifying. And why isn't there a course in school where you're like where you teach that? You teach your children mutual masturbation because and butthole. Think, we think knowing the capitals of every state, which is now Googleable, and so useless is more important. It's we teach so, oh. useless information. If you can Google it, don't waste my time teaching me in school because I'll Google it. Seriously, I don't need to learn Roman numerals. No, I don't need, and I don't need right? to know like or how chemistry. to carry the. Th- there's all this complex mathematics. Right. Come on, it, you really never do use you, it. I don't. And I, I did two doctoral programs. You never use it. Okay, here's my next question. We're we're going right along these Bring segues. It on. Bring it on. Laguna Speed Three asks: Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? Yes. 
the more sex you have, the more sex you have. The people that have a lot of sex in their relationships are ones that have always had a lot of sex. If you go six months or longer without sex, you reach a danger zone of where it's even harder to bridge back. You've de-eroticized each other. Wow. You're not as comfortable. Your sexual psychology turns off. So when people are like, oh, I don't ever want to have sex, I'm like, do you masturbate? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay, you need to have more sex in general. If you want to have more sex with your partner, start masturbating more, start sexting them, start some more dirty talk. Here's what I tell my couples. Have sex with your partner in some form every single day. It can wow. be a text, a look, a note, a wink, a touch, a blowjob, anything. Keep them sexualized. It's you your erotic face? partner. Like- <laughs> it's your erotic partner. They're not supposed to be your best friend. Yeah. Let your best friend or be your, your best friend. Thank you. Yes. Keep them sexualized because the, the more you let it go, the more you're going to lose it for I, sure. I was just going to ask you, how can you get yourself in the mood or get somebody, your partner in the mood? You don't have to if you've kept them eroticized all the time. It's just Every inherently day. there. The energy's there. Again, it can be easy. A note, a look, a wink, a touch, something a tit erotic. Tit pick. My man sent me a tit pick. Thank you. And I was like, ooh, child. You should see the things I'm sending people that I'm currently <laughs> talking to because I, I want them to know sex is going to be seen as good. Sex is an appropriate form of communication and intimacy, and we're going to keep we're going to stay connected that way throughout Sex the day. Sex is love. You get some crazy shit from me throughout the day. Yes, I love you. Oh my God, I love you too. <laughs> okay, wait, can we do a couple more questions? Sure. Just a couple more. Um, how, Esther Mitchell asks, mm. how do I get someone to have sex with me? What, what kind of question is that? Yeah, that's really So broad. she has some, she, it sounds like she might have some, some confidence issues. Yeah. Or she's being funny. Go online. Go online. Go on Tinder. There's tons of people that want to have sex with you on there. She looks good, girl. I mean, look at this chick. She's hot. Tell what her is to she go talking on. about? Look, look at that face. Here's the thing. Adult friend finder, Craigslist, but do it safe. Let your friend know where you're going. Tinder, meet in a public place. But there are tons of people that want to have sex with you. I don't care what you look like. There are tons of people that want to have sex with you. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with being a sexual person. No. No. I, I say in my, in my stand-up that life is too short and you should explore. Like, put a thumb in a butthole. Yeah, please. You have been such a fucking Thank delight. <laughs> Tell too. people your book, oh, your show, okay. everything. Okay, so my book, Sex Outside the Lines. I'm on the Amber Rose Show every Friday night at 11 on VH1. I'm also on The Doctors, which is a daytime show. And uh, tweet me at Chris Donahue. I love everything that you do. Thanks. I love what you're teaching and, and your whole soul, I think, is amazing. And your whole. Thank you. We have to do, have a nice we're the whole in, in the, mar- and what the fuck did I say? Remember? We're the whole in the market. We're the whole in the market. Yeah. We're filling the hole in the market. Yeah. I'll come, That's going to be I'll our come app. back and we'll do a podcast about that. <laughs> You've been great. I Thanks. really appreciate it. Sometimes, if you don't feel aroused, if you don't feel sexually aroused at the same time, I tell you a secret. Give him an orgasm. It takes two minutes. It's not a big deal. Give him an orgasm. If he only touches your vagina and forgets about your nose and forgets about your breasts, you have to teach him. You have to take his hand and you have to show him what you need on your belly, on your behind. Show it to him. Don't expect him to know it by himself. I'm trying to figure out if it's healthy for us to watch adult movies together. I mean, we've been together so long to where, I don't know, I just feel, you know, I, I'm just trying to see it's if a, It's a great question, too. Adam, and I'm going to throw hope, that to Dr. Ruth. Go ahead. All right. I hope that every time you make love, before that, you are going to watch some explicit sexual uh, movie, close your bedroom door, don't let the children watch. And then I have something else to tell you. Uh, Get your wife to buy the three volumes of Shades of Grey, (laughs) 
Let her read it first, then you read it. And you can't let boredom be in your bedroom. Kick boredom out of your bedroom. Don't worry about being normal. Don't worry that you are not exactly like your neighbor. Do the best you can for yourself, for your partner, and then you are going to raise healthy, happy children who will be sexually literate. If sex has become a routine, make sure you go and see a sex therapist, somebody who can help you to spruce up and make your sex life better. Going looking outside is never going to work in the long run. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.